Chelik Yudalit, volume 14, second sicha for Parshas Ki Savoy. First of all, this is a Rashi sicha, and it's actually a Rashi sicha that's based on three different Rashis. In truth, the sicha is very long, and it goes a lot back and forth, and it's actually too much to be able to fit in in approximately a half hour. Therefore, we'll go through the sicha orally by first studying the several Rashis, and I will do my best to attempt to cover the main points and to give a clear picture of the point that the Rebbe is bringing out in the sicha. Just as a disclaimer, and this is very important, I do not pretend in any way to be the one that's able to really properly give over the Rebbe's intention here in the sicha and to make the point clearly. I'm doing so only based on what I understand of the sicha, and I suggest very strongly that anybody who wishes to truly appreciate every detail of the sicha take the time to actually learn through the sicha, to actually go through the sicha in detail. Let's begin. This begins in chapter 29, the end of the parsha, where Moshe says, it says, Moshe called all the Eden and he says to them, you saw all the miracles that Hashem did to Mitzrayim, to Farai, and to all the servants. And then he continues all the great miracles that took place. And then he says, in Pasuk Gimel, in verse 3, he says, Hashem did not give you the heart to know, that means to fully appreciate, to understand, and to properly see, and to properly hear, until this day. What does Rashi tell us of this? What does it mean that Hashem did not give you a heart to understand? So Rashi says, He didn't give you the heart to quote, to recognize the kindness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the kindness of Hashem, Ulidovic boy, and to cleave, to connect to him. Then Rashi, on the words, quote, until this day, Rashi says that he heard, means he had a tradition, that something special took place on that day. What is it? That Moshe Rabbeinu took the Sefer Torah and gave it to the Bnei Levi, to the people in the tribe of Levi, and the Yidin immediately protested. And the Yidin said, Moshe, what are you doing? You are giving full control over the Torah to the people of your tribe, and tomorrow, notice the word tomorrow, meaning in after some time, they're going to tell us, not to you was the Torah given, but to us, meaning to us, the children of Levi. But we too stood at Har Sinai, and therefore we protest. Moshe took note of this. A little then Moshe continues and he says to them, Remember how you went and you were in the desert, and your clothing did not uh, in his soil, and it grew with you, and how Hashem gave you the lechem in Hashemayim, the bread from heaven, and later how he you came to this place and he defeated Sichain and Oig before you. And you should remember never to go against Hashem. After we've conquered everything, I am telling you, and in the last verse of this week's parsha, he says, You should always keep, you should always adhere to this covenant, all the Torah, all the mitzvahs, in order that you succeed on the land. 
So Rashi, on the verse, and you came to this place, he says to them as follows, and Rashi says, you now see yourself in a state of greatness, in a state of honor. Do not rebel against Hashem, lest your hearts become haughty, lest you become too proud of yourselves, and Shalom, stop keeping the words of these commandments, of this covenant. And then Rashi continues and he says that he has another pirush, another meaning to the words, Velenosan Hashem Lachem Levadas, that Hashem didn't give you a heart to understand, to fully appreciate everything that Hashem has done for you. And Rashi explains that from here we see the Gemara says that up to 40 years, a person doesn't really truly and, and, and deeply appreciate the teachings, the words of his Rebbe. But now that we're at the 40th year, now that we're at this juncture, so we now have this special advantage of truly appreciating, truly comprehending all everything that Hashem has done for us, and therefore this is something that you need to take to heart. So the Rebbe asks many, many questions. I'm only going to go through some of them. I just really picked what I think are the most crucial questions. Number one, on the words that Ashi says, that on the word, on the heading of Hashem that Hashem didn't give you a heart to understand, Rashi says really two things. He says Hashem didn't give you that heart to recognize the kindness of Hashem. And to, number two, to cleave to Hashem. The question is, why does Rashi call it kindness? All these things that Moshe mentioned were in fact miracles. They weren't just merely kindness, they were miracles. These were extraordinary supernatural occurrences that took place over all the years and not that, not that long ago with the conquest of Sichon and Oig, these two great mighty kings. So why does Rashi quote it as kindness, chasadim? Next Rashi, where Rashi says, quote, until this, on the words, quote, until this day, we know that typically in the Torah when it says, whatever it is that happened up to this day, it means including that day. Not up to that day, but up until and including that day. Here, the way Rashi explains it, he's saying to them that now this day is a total transformation, is a total change. Whatever happened, whatever it was until now is no longer. Going forward from this day, it all changes. Where does Rashi get that the pshat, that the meaning of the words, quote, until this day, in this particular place in the Torah, is totally different than anywhere else in the Torah, that it says, quote, the same words, until this day, or including this day. Another thing, what is this whole dialogue about the Sefer Torah that was given to the Levim? I mean, First, the Jews said that why are you giving them shlita? Why are you giving them control? Why are you giving them ownership over the Torah? And then they go on to complain that the Leviim might come to a point later to say that the Torah wasn't given to you. Moshe never said to the Leviim that the Torah was given to you and not to B'nai Yisrael. Where did they jump from one thing to another? 
And then a question also on the words, when, when the Torah says, Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Eden, you came to this place. And that's where Rashi says, well, I need to warn you, says Moshe. This is what Moshe was telling them. I need to warn you. I need to caution you that you may turn and rebel against Hashem. Why would they do that? What is something about coming to this place, coming to this juncture, coming to this place in time that would cause the Yidin, Chas Visholem, to turn against Hashem? And what is it about now them seeing themselves, quote, in greatness and in great honor? Didn't they see that all along in the desert? And like I said, there are so many questions that Eva asks, but we'll jump right into the beer, right into the explanation that the Rebbe gives. And he gives us really an appreciation, a clarity as to really what went on over here. If we look at this last chapter of the Parsha, like I said, beginning of chapter 29, all the way to the end of the Parsha, what is the point? What is the purpose of what Moshe was telling him? Why did he gather them? Well, he gathered them to tell them and to remind them and to warn them, to caution them about chas v'sholem, not turning against Hashem, not turning against the Torah and mitzvahs. How does he start? By telling them, reminding them, bikitzer, giving them a quick synopsis, an overview of all the miracles they experienced all the way back from the beginning. Rashi sensed that there's something here. There's something different about this gathering. There's something momentous about this. There's something special here. And therefore, Rashi is addressing a very fundamental issue that pops up immediately. How could we suggest, how could Moshe suggest that the Yidin didn't truthfully know, didn't truthfully recognize, realize all the greatness that Hashem did. I mean, what is he really telling them? Did the Jews not, for example, sing Shira when they crossed the Yamsuf? Did they not thank Hashem? Did they not thank Hashem, for example, when they had Shira Sabe'er, when they sang the special Shira, when they recognized the great miracles that the well of Miriam did for them? And so on and so forth. So what is it that they did, that, that Moshe is worried about? What is it that Moshe is concerned about in their lack of recognition of Hashem's greatness? That is precisely what Rashi is saying in the words, Chazdei Hashem, the kindness of Hashem. You see, a miracle is something that cannot be missed. A miracle is an extraordinary event. A miracle is supernatural. It shatters everything. And you see it. You recognize it. You respond to it as the Yidin so many times did. But when a miracle occurs day in, day out, for example, the miracle of the man, the miracle of the well, the miracle of the clothing that didn't soil, that grew with them, since it is something that happened each and every day since they left Mitzrayim, they became used to it. There is a concept of Hergel Nasateva, when something becomes the norm, when something becomes a matter which you become accustomed to, it becomes like second nature. It just becomes natural. We come to expect it. We don't 
we lose our appreciation of it. And therefore, Moshe is telling them, going forward from this point on, there was this danger, there was this fear that I have, and therefore I have to caution you that maybe perhaps you might forget all the kindness that Hashem did. Yes, precisely those miracles that you experience day in and day out. You see, because a miracle, what does a miracle do? A miracle causes a fear, an awe. You're like, wow, it's awe-inspiring. But kindness, what does kindness do? It brings the person who's giving the kindness and the recipient, it brings them close together. There is a certain harmony that is created, that is affected. And therefore, Moshe says to them, I need you to pay attention. And I know that today, more so than any time before, you could pay attention because Hashem gave you the heart. He gave you the capacity, the ability to understand and to appreciate that all those things that happen every single day were actually miracles. They came in the form of kindness because you became so accustomed to it. But when you look at them, when you look back at them, you will appreciate the closeness that you have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with Hashem. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu says, and Rashi explains, that he asking them to remember the kindness of Hashem and to cleave to Him. Because through looking at it, not in a form of miracles, but as kindness of Hashem, although it happened day in and day out, you will come to become closer, more attached with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why did Rashi address, what is it about, quote, this day? Remember, we asked the question, what was unique about that day that Moshe felt the necessity to caution them and to talk to them about all of this? You see, until this day, Moshe says to them, you saw miracles. Whether you became accustomed to them or not, There were occasional miracles. There were the constant miracles. But the constant miracles, since they happen every day, and there is this fear that you might forget them, today is the day that I had to pay attention to it. Because today, meaning right now, this moment, is when everything is going to change. Soon, a new era is beginning. This era, when you're going to go into Eretz Yisrael, and you're going to now have to earn a living. You're going to have to work on things. No longer will you be experiencing these miracles. Here is where I need to pay attention. I need you to pay attention and Moshe himself paid attention to see are the Yidin capable of remembering all of this and not Hasvisholim turning against Hashem. And this is where he says, I looked for something and he found it. On this day is when he realized that the lev lodas, the quote, the heart, the ability to appreciate, to know, to connect to Hashem, and to truly recognize all the greatness. And that should be a motivator and encouragement that the Yidin will indeed follow in the ways of Hashem. What is it that Moshe Rabbeinu saw? What is it that happened on that day? Remember Rashi addresses that day, this day. What is it that happened on this day? Well, Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah to the people of his Shevet, of his tribe. That's the Shevet of Levi. And when he did so, 
the Yidden immediately reacted. And they said what? Moshe, how come you're giving them the Shalita, the power, the authority over the Torah? Because tomorrow, meaning in the future, they will tell us, not to you, meaning not to the rest of the Yidden was the Torah given, but rather to us. And when Moshe saw this, when Moshe heard this, when Moshe heard their argument, Moshe understood that they're getting it, that their concern, that their true will, their true desire, their true motivation is about being connected to Hashem, is about being attached to Hashem through his Torah mitzvahs. And that's why he sees this opportunity and he told them, listen, I must warn you, I must caution you, lest you lose this exciting, uh, this excitement, this momentum that you have now in serving Hashem, in being connected to Hashem. Now really we need to understand why did he give it to the people of Levi? What was he thinking? And what were, the, what were they thinking? Meaning what did the Yidin react to? What did they, um, uh, what, what, what was their concern? See, Moshe Rabbeinu gave it to the tribe of Levi. He did the right thing. In Moshe's understanding, this was the best way to ensure that the Yidin will indeed stay connected to the Torah. As we know, Shevet Levi is referred to already many times, as, quote, the legion or the elite brigade of the king, meaning they are the ones that serve for as the teachers, as the mentors of all of Klal Yisrael. In fact, Hashem is the one who said He separated them from the rest of Klal Yisrael, and therefore, so to speak, they get their salary directly from Hashem through all the gifts and the tithes that we are obligated to give to Hashem, but we give to them. And they are charged with teaching the people. They are charged with leading the people, the Kayanim and the Levim. They represent us. So Moshe felt that the right thing to do was to give them the Torah and symbolically transfer to them this obligation, this authority of being there to teach the people, to direct the people. But when the Yidin saw this, the Yidin reacted to it and the Yidin said, one minute, in tomorrow, what is tomorrow? What is in the future? We are going to be involved over our heads, in doing what? Not in studying Torah, not in coming to hear all the time shiurim and Torah from the Levim for the Moshe Rabbeinus of the generation. We're going to be involved in cultivating the land and earning a parnasa and dealing with the, with the mundane. And therefore we are concerned that what you're doing now symbolically will actually turn against us. Because the Levim might say, look, we have the Torah. The Torah was given to us. We're just merely giving you the, the directives that we have to give. In other words, what we're going to end up receiving is only a little trickle down of the Torah after, so to speak, the Levim having full or almost absolute ownership on it. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. Wow, this is what I wanted to hear. This is, so to speak, music to my ears. I see how concerned you are about losing that full attachment to the Torah. And you're even concerned about you being viewed in the future as not being so connected to the Torah. This is exactly what is, you know, encouraging to me. And I realize now that the Lev Lodas 
that are hard to know, to comprehend, to fully connect to everything Hashem has done. And therefore now I will highlight to you and say, look, don't remember the Chazdei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the kindnesses of Hashem. Those things you should always remember. Those things which is typical of a person to kind of take for granted. Or because we, like we discussed above, because you become so accustomed to it, it no longer stands out. It no longer has that effect of that, the effect of that miracle typically has because you become so accustomed to it and therefore we end up taking it for granted. Those are the things that you need to remind yourself. Those are the things that you have to constantly carry and carry into the future and constantly remind yourself with that look how beautiful it was. Look how Hashem took care of you. And this is where he adds and he reminds them again about the war of Sichan and Og. You remember one of the questions that ever asked, what is it that he's telling him today? You see yourself in greatness and all this honor, but then tomorrow you might leave it and you might turn against Hashem. What does he mean exactly? Moshe is reminding them and he says, look, for example, the miracle, we, the miracle that we experienced with Sichan and Og, that miracle in the time it happened, in real time, and even now perhaps, Yes, you definitely view it, viewed it, accepted it, experienced it as a miracle. It was obviously a miracle. I have no problem. You have no problem. There's no danger with that. The problem is as time progresses, you're no longer going to feel like you feel right now. You're going to be already living in the future. You're going to be living with the day to day with cultivating the land with all the distractions of life. And then when you look and you say, wow, look at all this territory we own. Look at all this territory we have conquered. You might forget the miraculous aspect of it. You might forget the Abishter in it. You know, in a certain sense, and these are my words, this perhaps can be like very reminiscent of this is what happened well, this, the great victories of the Six-Day War, of the Yom Kippur War, of Antebi, with the Rebbe, after the fact, the Rebbe complained and bemoaned the fact that it wasn't properly utilized. They didn't prop, take the proper advantage of it to really get the people close to Yiddishkeit. Because people were this order, people were awakened, and they realized, wow, there was Yad Hashem here. There was the hand of God. But as time progresses, if you don't seize the opportunity, if you don't really capitalize on it immediately and really drive it for what it is, then with time, people start to feel good about themselves and start to attribute it, attribute it and associate it with their power, with their ability, with the good training, with what a kind of army we have and all the armaments and everything else rather than what it really was, the miracle of Hashem. And that's what Moshe is telling them, that now... You, of course, feel great and so honored that Hashem himself intervened, Hashem himself conquered this land for you. But if you don't be mindful, if you're not mindful of it, you don't continuously remind yourself that this was a miracle. Like everything else that was a miracle, you might come to a point where you might start to attribute it to your own strength, to your own might, to your own koyach, uh, that you were the one who, who, wow, look what I have, look what I own. And that is the danger in all the 
of things that we have that Hashem gives us, that really it all comes from Hashem, but sadly, if we don't remind ourselves that that's what it is, we end up attributing to ourselves and we end up saying, look at this, the strength and the power of my own hand is what brought me all of this. And that's what Moshe was cautioning them. And that's why all of this is happening right now. Just a little sip of wine. You know, the Yenish Altaira. The Rebbe always points out how in Ashi, not only do we have pure Pshut Mikra, the pure Pshat in the, in the, in the, in the meaning of the Pasuk, but also hidden and in between the lines, you also have the Yena Shaltaira, so to speak, the wine. The wine is the deeper secret, the inner secret that gives a deeper appreciation, a deeper flavor of what's going on over here. This is something very interesting. If you look in the verse, it says, Vilaynosan Hashem Lochem Lev Lodas. Hashem, he uses the name Yudke Vavke, we only pronounce it Hashem, didn't give you yet a heart to understand, to comprehend, to fully connect to this until now. But when you look in Rashi, Rashi refers to God in a different name, with a different name, with a different term. He says, Chazdei HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why does Yashi change from Hashem to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So the Rebbe says this, Rashi did so masterfully. And after everything we, we've explained, and now that we really understand, we get a true appreciation of what was going on here and what Moshe was concerned about. What was he concerned about? About the time, not now, but the time in the future when the Yidden will be involved with the mundane, when the Yidden will be involved with the earthly things, with the Gashmias, removed from this spiritual experience that they're in now. That's when there may be a danger of them straying away from Hashem or not remembering truly the true Im- and, and therefore not having the true impact of the miracles. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does it mean? HaKadosh means the holy. Baruch means blessed. Who? Blessed is he. But what does it truly mean? Let's see. What's the definition of holy? HaKadosh means, holy means removed, separate. Something distinct. Baruch, the true meaning of Baruch, especially when you learn Hasidus, means to be mavrich, to draw it down. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Hashem as He relates to the world. The ultimate holy God. The one that is in essence removed, but as it's being channeled down, as it's being Baruch, as it's being drawn down here. Precisely into the world, into the material, into the mundane. And that is where Rashi is so masterfully pointing out to us is where the whole, uh, so to speak, the core of the concern comes is from. And that's really what plays the role here that Moshe Rabbeinu was addressing. And you see it also in the next Rashi when again he refers to Hashem as Mokoim. Again, Mokoim means what? Literally, place. That is Hashem as he confines himself, as he restricts his infinite light to Mokoim, to a specific place, to the place, to this world, to this finite world that consists of the limitations of time and space. So again, you see the, the inherent, um, um, the inherent, uh, 
concern here was about the Yid, not now as they're standing still in the desert and they still see Moshe, but as what will be later, as the new era, where they're all trans, they're going to all transform and come into a different state of being. Mokoim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, represented in their state of being, more involved in the Gashmias, that's when Moshe Rabbeinu was concerned and that's what he was addressing them about.